Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Good morning. Welcome, everybody, to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganville, your host. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to this week's weekend recap and rant. So, right out of the gate, I'm going to do some shout outs because um, I'm doing this. You're going to get this one super fresh. It is Tuesday morning. August 17th, and this will be released as long as my internet allows me to do so uh, today, August 17th. So I am uh, I'm at my house drinking a nice hot cup of coffee. So I am going to throw a a drink in Patrick Patches Olson's honor from the Lone Angler podcast. Um, if you guys don't listen to the Lone Angler, I recommend finding him. Go ahead and search it. Um, He's a cool dude. He has uh, at times an abstract brain like myself, and uh, I just cool dude. I think you're gonna really like you'll really like his podcast if you don't already listen. I know we have a lot of crossover listeners, and that is great. Um, But if I have anybody that's listening to me that's not listening to Patrick, go check him out. You're gonna love him. Um, I'm gonna give you a little background before I take this sip in his honor. so him and Doug Glimmerbean from the SmackDown Outdoors podcast, we have like a three-way group message thing going. And as he's doing his little messages, his his um, shows, he did this thing. It drove Doug and I crazy, and we brought it to his attention one time. He's like, dude, you with the drinking, what the heck? Because he'd be like, oh, my voice is dry and he would take this big drink of water and you could just hear him gulping it and just like everything you're not supposed to do in broadcasting right so we we 
told him, like, dude, you got to stop with the with the drinking of the water. Like, oh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to take oh, another, sip of, another sip of water. Like, you don't have to tell everybody everything you're doing. And so instead of just taking that advice and uh, applying it, he went the other way and embraced it. And it actually, in my opinion, works. Like, <laughs> like now, now I get a chuckle out of it. It's kind of become a thing. So sip a cup uh wow a cup of coffee here i'm gonna take a sip this one goes out to patrick patches olson to lone angler podcast so i actually had to make noise on doing that because like here's a here's a normal person sip right you're probably you're not gonna even hear this there i took a drink you probably didn't even hear it so <laughs> i think i mean everybody takes a drink when they're recording these things it's not it's not really that big of a deal but all right, anyways, there you go. You're welcome, Patrick. And then <laughs> I want to do another uh, shout-out kind of to Doug, Doug Limerfing from the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. I was listening to an episode of his the other day, and he had these guys on from another podcast, which was, um, I believe it's called The Casting Deck, and they're from Canada. Yeah. And it was, a, <laughs> you should go check out this episode. It was a lot of fun. These dudes is a, these dudes are a riot. Um, they clearly like to have a good time. Um, it was chaos at times, but it was entertaining chaos. But in that podcast, they were, you know, because it was a Canadian podcast and Doug's American, there was time they were talking about water temps or air temps or whatever. So Celsius and the Fahrenheit, and that was causing a lot of confusion. And they were trying to figure the math out in their head. And I'm like screaming at the end of the other end of the microphone. This is really easy. It's super easy. And I I learned how to do this from, this is going to show my age. And a lot of you young people listening right now do not know what I'm talking about. But when I say it, I recommend that you go out and you YouTube it or do whatever because it's hilarious. But I learned how to do this from Bob and Doug McKenzie on the Great White North album. So they also had, uh, so they, this was a comedic like duo. There were characters that was played, Rick Moranis and I can never remember the other guy's name. God, I think it's Jim something. Anyways, they were on this Saturday Night Live type show uh, in Canada. And no, I can't even remember what the name of that show was called. Um, oh man, mine's just going blank. Uh, anyways, it was a sketch comedy show, like the Canadian version of SNL. And so one of the reoccurring bits they had was these two guys called Bob and Doug McKenzie, and they played basically these Canadians that like to drink a lot, and then they would talk about whatever, and it was just silly. They had very heavy Canadian accents. Hilarious. I loved it. So anyways, on this album, one of the things they bring up is how to convert Celsius into Fahrenheit. And this actually works. So you double it and add 30. So if you're when you go when you're if you're in America right now and you're driving around and you happen to go past a bank clock and they have the old temperature and time that flip back and forth, they usually will post both Celsius and Fahrenheit. And as you're driving by, it'll say, you know, whatever the temperature is, 
the time, and then when it goes back to temperature, it'll be in Celsius or Fahrenheit, whichever it wasn't the time before it changed. Yeah. I hope this is making sense. But you can do this right now if you have your phone or whatever. Just pull up a Celsius, go to your weather channel, have it set to Celsius and or Fahrenheit. You can do this backwards, by the way. So if it's it's math, so why wouldn't you be able to do it backwards? But Celsius to Fahrenheit is you double it and you add 30. So if it's Fahrenheit and you want to go to Celsius, just subtract subtract 30 and then divide by 2. God, I'm having a hard time talking today. So if you're in Canada or you're anywhere and you hear somebody say, it's really hot today, it's 30 degrees. In America, you're like, 30 degrees? please but 30 degrees is hot because you double it 60 add 30 90 degrees it's the old 90 degrees so it is that is hot it's very hot so that's you keep that in your little nugget I'm, I'm so I'm a little upset that the Canadians didn't know that they should know Bob and Doug McKenzie they should have learned this already I feel like this is something they should teach in school both here and there because it's super easy math and it's accurate within a degree or two depending like the, the more extreme you get on either end the less it you know starts being true so keep that in mind and i haven't really played with it much when you go below zero fahrenheit or either i said i'm not sure i have to look into this i'm not sure if it's like four below celsius does that mean it would then you would double it, 8 below, add 30. So it would be 22 degrees, maybe. That might work. That might actually work. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. But anyways, when you're dealing with positive temperatures, it works. So keep that in mind. Within a degree or two, close enough to know what they're talking about. So shout out to SmackDown Outdoors podcast. Shout out to the Casting Deck podcast. I believe that's what it's called. So there, there's your, there's your shout outs. So on this week's uh, recap, we go back to Friday. Um, oh, it was, it was a grind. So had to get up early. wasn't not on much sleep. It was actually the night before. Uh, Adam Winkleman from Relevant, the sunglass company, Relevant.life. So I've been jamming out with his band, and when I was actually playing with them, I have two gigs is coming up that weekend and so i had some old some old electric like a mixing board and this old giant mixing board has a power source unique to that mixing board and i gave them the mixing board but i forgot the power source so anyways i had to run the power source over there late thursday and of course we sat around had drink talked and, and whatever and hooked some stuff up and just got accustomed to the electronics and this doesn't have anything to do with the outdoors sorry but i'm, I'm kind of setting the stage for the weekend and it's always there like super late. I don't think I left till after midnight. Well, I had made plans to meet um, Michael Riedel, who is a he, listener of the podcast, but he's also a guide. And so we had been talking um, as he's been listening to the podcast and become a guide. He's, you know, he interacts with the podcast and I love it. And I, and I hope all of you do the same. Do not hesitate to reach out and send me a message. Um, I'll respond, and we can have little conversations. It's fun. I like to interact with uh, with my podcast listeners. So we kind of did that with Mike. And so I was like, hey, let's get together, and let's do a podcast. He's like, I'm all in. 
sweet. And I'm like, well, what are you doing Friday? Um, I got nothing going. Let's let's wear a line first, and then we can go somewhere and record a podcast. So that's what we did. So I had to meet him at Malax at 7 a.m. after not getting back to my house till I don't know 1:30, probably something like that. Needless to say, I did not get much sleep. But I headed up there, met him out on the lake. Um, we're right there in the aisle. We headed out, and to my surprise, it was already kind of windy. And I didn't think it was really supposed to be windy, at least not that early, but pretty good waves out there. Um, boat handled it just fine. He's got an Ultrax boat control, not a big deal. And I'm pretty sure that I am the only person that has a bass boat in Minnesota that does not have an Ultrax. And it, yeah, I'm bitter about it. I'm salty. It just, I mean, put it right out there. I need, I need you guys, you got, we, we got to do something here. Grow this podcast and you start selling more advertising. Something I got, I, I have to have an Ultrax. Maybe I need a GoFundMe account. I don't know, but I got to get one. It's really starting to irritate me. Uh, but anyways, we get out there and uh, he's also got a live scope up there, which is cool. And man, what a tool on that lake. But like we both said, and you can listen to this episode later. I don't want to give too much of the episode away, but we talked about this. Like, you know what? Today is a good example of what I'm about to get into because we saw plenty of fish. But we couldn't get them to bite. We we caught one walleye and one really nice smallmouth. And uh, we tried a bunch of different spots. And you could go and see fish. They weren't schooled up very tight. You'd see one here, one there, maybe two, maybe three. Um, so they weren't really grouped up very good. And it was pretty wind choppy out there, so it's not like we made big runs. Um, well, and of course we were on the windy side of the lake, whatever. But it was uh, it was really cool to see. I had not yet used live scope in open water. I've used it in ice fishing, and it's super important there. But this whole conversation to hear about technology, like it's not even fair. Um, should this be allowed? Should we be banning these things for tournaments? This, that, and the other thing. And I gotta say, I was. This was already kind of my opinion: is no, if you don't want to use it, don't use it. And maybe, as technology increases and it gets even better and even better and even better, maybe you just need to have different leagues, right? Kind of like you can have different kinds of car races. You know, have the limited late models where the races everybody's in a limited, you know, late model. It's limited what you can do to it. I think that's what that that means. <laughs> but then they have these other races, these modifieds where you can do stuff to them and you know all the way up to NASCAR where you got like the best tech possible and but you still have to run with within certain parameters. Dude, I don't know what I'm talking about. I guarantee you there's NASCAR fans out there just like you're or race fans in general driving I listen. I know a lot about a lot of things, but I don't dog shit about racing. <laughs> but so but I'm still that's not gonna stop me from trying to make this analogy. Point being is you could have like the very upper tier Bassmaster elites, the whatever, and they can use every technology at their disposal. But the maybe in the middle in there somewhere you have, you know, different leagues that have different parameters. I mean Minnesota Made Outdoors, the ice fishing league that I fish in, we can use live scope and any technology for pre fishing and scouting, but we don't allow it on tournament day. <clears throat> and for the only reason we don't really allow on tournament day is that not everybody has it, so it's not really fair. It becomes like a monetary barrier. And some people can't afford three thousand dollars on a on a unit, and so it's not it's not an equal playing field. And we want to see like an equal playing field. 
out there to see who is actually the better fisherman. So it doesn't really matter if everybody has the same tools. You're going to like skill level is going to come out on top. Although I will say, I will argue for the, on the side of, well, I hope you guys are all tracking this, but I will argue on the side of technology in that there is level of skill within reading that technology. Just because you have that thing doesn't mean you know how to dial that thing in the best that you possibly can. So there's still skill involved. Let's bring it back. <laughs> so point being is we saw all these fish, but we couldn't get them to bite. Like most time they just ignored us. Other times you would see them actually, you know, you'd cast out. I was like, okay, he's 40 yards in that direction. You'd cast out there, you'd get the right cast, and you'd watch your lure fall, which is all great. This all seems like amazing. But then you see your lure fall right past him, and he either doesn't move or he tilts down a little bit, and you're just waiting for that hit, and nothing. And then next thing you know, you see him or he swims off. And it's like it doesn't make them bite. You still have to get them to bite. And I could see on a day where they were just snapping that – it would seem like cheating because, like, oh, there's a fish, and then catch that fish. And in a way, yeah, you're 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 definitely it's definitely helping you. There's no two ways about it. I mean, you're you know for 100% fact there is a fish over there, and you cast that fish, and you catch that fish. Without live scope, you might not have known that fish was there. More likely, you didn't know that fish was there. But that doesn't mean you wouldn't have still made a blind cast and worked an area and still caught that fish. You just It probably would have taken you longer to find it and catch that fish without live scope. That's another argument that really just popped in my head that I don't think anybody's ever brought up. It's like, it's not like you can't catch the same fish without it. It's just going to take you longer to do it. And a, and a day where they're just snapping, where they're like eating anything... You were probably going to catch that fish eventually. It just happened quicker with live scope. So, anyways, not to get too deep in the weeds there. But it was a, a relatively uneventful fishing trip um, outside of phenomenal conversation. Um, Mike is a super cool dude. Um, he fits that that stereotype or that fishing meme that behind every good guide is a, a wife with a really good job. And that holds true. He's able to do this. His wife supports him, and she makes um, she's a, a nurse, I believe, so she has a good profession and allowed him to break into this um, guide world. And he seems to be doing pretty good at it. Um, he's going to get stuff that that he needs. He's got, but he's his, his boat is decked out. Is he's got live scope? He's got everything. He's needs. got the Altrex. It's a really nice boat, and I believe it's a, a Triton. I believe. I think he's running a Triton. Very smooth. And it it, it it handled the big waves on Malax very well. This is a very comfortable ride. And he's a good captain. So go check him out. If you would, uh, follow on a mission on uh, the social medias and, uh, and give him some support. I would appreciate it. So then we went back and we went to, uh, I believe, Dub Boathouse and we recorded a podcast which you can listen to later this week. It'll be available Thursday. And uh, But from there, then I ran to... What did I... Was that Friday? Yes, that was Friday. Oh, yeah, duh. So then I had a gig with Adam Lincoln's band called Loose Gravel, which they completely tricked me into joining. 
It's not a lie. I just meant to go over there and jam out with him. Like when we did a podcast and I was talking to him, I used to be in bands, hadn't been in a long time, and he is actively in bands. He's got his cover band called Loose Gravel, and he's got an originals band called 200 Feet Away. And so I'm like, oh, I should go out there and jam sometime. So we did. Well, in that, I'm like, oh, sing this song and sing this song. So I would do that. Like, oh, we really like your voice, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, I'm like, I'm in the band. I'm like, God damn, I don't really have time for this. And this weekend's a perfect example about how I don't really have time for this. <laughs> but I, I, I did it because I said I would do it. So there's this gig. It was for a 50th birthday party um, near Rice, Minnesota, which I live in Stacy. It's like an hour or better. So I had to, got, got home, enough time to shower and leave and get to the gig. And in and did, but not on purpose, but did the stereotypical like lead singer thing where I just show up and I don't do any work. <laughs> like everything is already set up. I just walk in and let's go. Sound check, boom, we're ready. Uh, but we had a really good time. It was a fun party. Um, people running around. The gig went off pretty good. But of course, it went, you know, pretty late. So I get home, I go to sleep. And my plan was then Saturday to go to the game fair. Um, so for those of you not in Minnesota, we annually have this thing called the game fair in Ramsey, Minnesota, and it's a lot of hunting stuff, some fishing, but mostly it mostly it's hunting related. Um, a lot of dog stuff, hunting dog stuff. Um, you know, kennels are out there, dog food companies, anything surrounding that. All sorts of wing shooting sports, you know, stuff. Um, deer hunting, all everything in the hunting space. There's blinds there, camel companies, decoy companies, and then on that they have a waterfall hill, which is a, a very big part of this this event and that's for like all the waterfall make you know, call makers and decoys and stuff like that and then they have a little seminar of that and then i was hanging out in the premier flight ta- at the premier flight table which is who i guide for in the spring so i was hanging out there with dean and then but that's where they share a tent with um scott thrynan and molt gear and big al's was right there and so everybody was in that tent john heights was there thrynan was there um I can't even remember. There's, there's people coming in and out like crazy. It was a madhouse. The most people I've seen at the game fair ever. And I think people were just jonesing for it because, because of COVID. They didn't have it last year. People came there, and they came there with pockets of cash, and they came there to spend money. These calls, like the, the at Molt Gear, like the calls were just, by the end of the day, there was hardly anything left. Big Al had like four boxes of decoys left, I think, after day two. And they had all last weekend, or they had this weekend coming up, yet there's not going to be any stock. <laughs> it's just crazy. It was such a great place to be because there's the, the, like the seminar tents right next to our booth. So there's just people coming and going. Seth Fighter was there. I got to see him. Got to say, shake his hand and, and uh, congratulate him on, on Angler of the Year. So good job, Seth. Represent Minnesota. That was pretty cool. Um, but anyways, it was, it was a fun time. And then I had some people come out and show up. Um, two of the guys that I guided this spring that came out in that bachelor party from Wisconsin. If you haven't listened to that recap from way back when, um, you can try to find it. I don't know. It'll be in March sometime. Holy crap, did we have fun. Those boys from Wisconsin can drink pretty good. Although I had to give them shit because the very last day that they had booked, it was a half day anyways, um, but they decided to make the call of shame and they were all too hungover to to hunt so they just decided to leave and of course i'm out there by myself in the field waiting 
for them. And I was drinking with them, mind you. I, I didn't get any more sleep than they did. I was there. The old guy was there in the field, ready to go. And I was actually shooting birds. And I'm like, come on, guys, let's go. But they didn't. Regardless, although they did shoot a band earlier that trip, like I think on the first night of the trip, that was that kind of set the stage. That was pretty badass. Oh, anyways, they stopped out at the game fair uh, to say hi, and that was really cool to shoot the shit with them. And that's just one of the, like the kind of the cool parts about guiding is that, and it's happened a lot where I continue to talk to my clients, you know, not just every, you know, if they're um, they come out every year. If they're an annual client, obviously you're going to talk to them. But I have a handful of clients that will just throughout the year send me a message, send me a, shoot me a text message or whatever, and, and you build these friendships over the years. And it's it's just kind of cool. It's very cool, very rewarding to have people come out and to say hi. And uh, who doesn't want more friends, right? And it's just, it's just uh, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, maybe I might even hunt with these guys. We'll see if we can get something together because in talking to them, um, when I was hunting with them, we found out that we hunt kind of in the same area. They're a little defensive about it, if I'm being honest, because um, Minnesota guy going over there and hunting Wisconsin. But <laughs> but it's close to my house. What do you want from me? I'm not going to not hunt there. Uh, yeah, I get a Wisconsin license every year. We do a fair amount of hunting over there. And it especially hunt over there that when we have the our waterfall season split. So when we have our split, it's still open over there, so I can jump over there and still hunt. So. That part's very important. And sometimes in scouting, that's just where we find birds. I'm going to go where the birds are. That's that's just how it is. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a little contentious there at first. And they're like, wait, where do you hunt? And then uh, then it kind of became a, a thing. Like I told them this time around. I said, oh, yeah, I got to run out uh, next weekend and uh, lock up all those fields out there so you guys can't hunt anymore. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. But in that, they asked me, they are like, Dude, and obviously they follow me on Snapchat because he's like, so how? He's like, I don't even know how you do it. You're playing with the band, you go fishing, and you're crowd casting, you're at game fair, and you're growing giant sunflowers. And that's why I say they must follow me on Snapchat because I have these. The biggest, I should put a tape on it, but the biggest sunflower I have in my garden right now. It has to be over ten feet. It thing's just giant. Um, but anyways, so I've been putting that on my Snap story. I go, uh, well, here's how. I had less than three hours sleep on Thursday night, and I had less than five hours of sleep on Friday night. That's how you do it. <laughs> it's not, you just you have to make some sacrifices, and I choose uh, sleep. It doesn't help that everything's like an hour drive. Everything I was happened to be doing is like just everything was a, a drive. Just is what it is. And then, um, and then Saturday night I had another gig. And this one was at a bar, uh, Jack and Jim's, I believe it's called. And I can't remember the name, like Duellum. There it is. In a little town called Duellum, Minnesota. And when I'm like, hey, where's this gig? And they're like, Duellum. I'm like, what? I've never heard of that in my life. And I do a lot of driving around in Minnesota. I'd never heard of this little town. It's basically a bar. Um, really nice bar, though. Like, big, too. And they were having a memorial uh, bag tournament. It was really cool. A lot of people great crowd it's one of those um gigs you kind of hope for where people are just like they're there the whole night and r- dancing right away which never happens the first set is almost always like a throwaway set like you just you're up there you're doing your thing but 
people haven't been drinking enough to have the liquid courage to get up there and take like the second set that people, you know, start wandering out there. No, we had people dancing right away. It probably helped that they'd been drinking all day with this bag tournament, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. They were there the whole night, and it was pretty awesome. That was a good time. Uh, so then I was going to go fishing with Joel on Sunday. It was either game fair again or fishing with Joel and uh, decided to go fishing. And um, But I'm like, I'm not getting up early. I need to not set an alarm and wake up when I wake up. Now, regardless, you would think, oh, I'm going to sleep till noon. No, no, that's not going to happen. So I still didn't get home till late. And I just naturally wake up like between 7 and 8. Just the light levels or something wakes me up. That's just my internal clock. doesn't matter what time I go to sleep, whether I'm getting two hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I woke up about 8 o'clock, and uh, I do the thing where I try to sleep in. doesn't work. I just sit there, and I, I'm laying back. I'm resting, I guess. I'm laying there with my eyes closed, but I am definitely not sleeping. So I finally decided to get up, take care of my dog, and then let him know. And then, yeah, so we went fishing, and I'm not going to talk about that because it sucked. Um it was terrible, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, yeah, so then came back home. We fished two different lakes. In between there, we hit the bar for a beer and a burger because that's how great the fishing was. Yeah, it was it was tough. So then that that was pretty much that was pretty much my weekend right there. Um, had a lot of fun. Had a lot of stuff jam packed into it. Um, oh, the other thing I needed to do was I finally got started chipping away at some of the things I needed to do. Still haven't shot my bow. Still haven't cleaned that decoy garage out, which I will get to it eventually. My lawnmower was broke down, or I thought it was broke down, because last time I used it and I was going to start mowing my path, I got like this really tall prairie grass that goes back to like my stands on my property, and I just like to mow a nice path there so it's I can get in nice and quiet and I'm not leaving scent, you know, we have, I think it's called blue stem, but it's like super tall grass. Taller than I am. It's crazy. But I need to knock all that down. And I went to go do that, but then right, I finished my yard, no problem. Then right before I went to go do that, all of a sudden there's just smoke like coming out from underneath my shroud. I'm like, oh, great. So I'm like, well, not worrying about that today. And that was a week ago. So yesterday I'm like, all right, I'm going to look at this. And I went to go kind of work out. And I'm like, well, this, the belts are moving. I don't know what the problem is. And I can see the one blade turning but the other blade isn't so i reached up in there to try to move my hand and there was just a stick stuck on the tip of the blade and the shroud so that's what was causing it the smoke is that it like the blade couldn't move but the belt was turning so the belt was smoking <laughs> super easy fix so at least i didn't have to actually fix fix anything so i took that stick out there started it everything worked great so i was able to mow my path uh short story long i was able to mow my path back to my stand and and I kind of mow up on this ridge and I you know try to try to funnel the deer to where I want them they don't always use the path of least resistance but a lot of times they do so anyways I still need to get my trail cams up I was gonna do that yesterday and totally forgot dang it son of a bitch uh whatever I'll do it whenever <laughs> I'll get to it eventually I don't usually bow hunt till mid-october i usually wait till like pre-rut starts to kick in but i might do it a little earlier this year um just to take the pressure off if i could get a dough early get a dough in the freezer then i'm not so concerned because usually what happens is or i should say what at least has happened the last couple of years is that i i don't get anything and by the time 
firearm season rolls around, like my property gets super shitty right after firearm season. I don't know if it's just there's less deer around because I got shot, if it's pressure, if just in that time weather is changing, food sources are changing, and they just change their pattern, and they just don't come on my property as much, or a combination of all those factors. But any way you shape it, it my I had, my success rate plummets post-firearm season here in Minnesota. So there's crunch time. And so I don't really choose to hunt till like middle of October. So really I only hunt hard for like three weeks until firearm season. And so as I get closer to that gun opener, I'm just like, I haven't felt punched a tag yet. I start getting pretty desperate because ultimately I want meat. Sure. I would like to shoot something with a nice big rack, but ultimately I want meat. So I might hunt again, long, short story long. I'm going to, uh, try to hunt earlier this year as much as time will allow. And maybe I can, uh, pluck a doe off then pressures off i can then be pickier in the deer that i go after so there's that uh and that's pretty much uh what i did this weekend oh, for my rant um i guess i'm gonna go off of um and, and i've kind of made this rant before but it just it just kind of keeps coming up hopefully take a different angle that you haven't heard on it, but there's a, a, you know, someone goes online, they go to this like Minnesota dunk hunters page or whatever it is. And a guy gets on there. He's like, Hey, I got a young kid or I got two young sons. He want to go take advantage of this early teal season that Minnesota has this year. And we'll be in the outer tail area. Anybody know of any spots to go? Well, this triggers a lot of people. They don't like, no one's going to give you a spot spot or if they do, they're not going to do it there. And maybe they'll send you a, a private message or something. You never know. Um, if somebody has some like private land, you have an opening, I would encourage you. I would, I would encourage it. Like, yeah, I got a spot for you and your sons. That'd be great. Come on out. But people take this as like a personal affront to them. It's like, they're not doing any work and I'm busting my ass and I'm scouting. So how dare you even ask this question? Like they get really triggered by it. And, they, and like some really ugly comments. And I know it's the internet, like ugly comments on the internet is nothing new. Um, but that's kind of what I like, I want to get into It's like, why? Like, I don't, why, what, what's with the thing about, I'm like, Jerry Slime, what is with the thing? Um, people just like, they open their phone or they get on their computer and they're just looking for reasons to be dickheads. I swear that's what it is. Cause no matter what question is asked in the outdoor space, somebody and I would actually argue most people have some sort of dickhead thing to say. It's just, it's unreal. And you have to remember, there are people in different skill levels across the board. Some people ask perceivably dumb questions because they just are excited about it and they just want to talk about it and they're just getting the conversation going. It is no more than that. They actually already know the answer. They don't even know why they're doing it. They just like, they're so pumped up. They're like, hey, what do you guys use for decoys or whatever thing? They just want to talk about it. That's all they want to do. They're just jacked up and they want to talk about it. And so someone's going to be a dick to them and maybe that pushes them out of sport. And that's that would be sad if that's the case. So really wish we as sportsmen could temper ourselves and not do that so much. And so I commented, and because I kind of see the like, well, you got to scout, but not everybody can scout, especially if you're traveling two, three, four hours away. So I kind of just said, if you have the option to take 
an additional day off, go up a day early. There's a ton of WMAs and a WPAs up there. That's that's wildlife management area and waterfall production areas. It's a public land to hunt, and there's a lot of like wetlands since it's really dry right now. But I'm sure some of those have water. So if you have a day, if you're able to take an extra day, go up a day early, and you can walk into some of these because they're all you know no motors. You got to walk in, walk out, walk in there, see which ones have water, and keep in mind. Teal don't need much water. In fact, I think they like less water than more water. They like that real swampy stuff. So even though it's really dry out there, that might be good for teal. So go walk in if you can. And I I get it. Some people don't have the PTO to take an extra day off. And so jumping down their throat like, oh, you got to scout. You know, some people don't have the abilities. This guy's trying to do the best that he can. So I said that if you can, here's what you can do. If you don't have the time, and I have personally done this before, especially if I know, and I think even in like Ottertail County, I've done it because I don't live there. I'm like three hours away. What I'll do is I'll bring up satellite maps and it can be Google Maps. You can turn satellite imaging on like a weather radar app on like Navionics. You can turn your satellite maps on if you have OnX. That's a great tool to use. Turn the satellite imaging on of that. There's all, all sorts of different websites and apps that have satellite imagery that you can go over. And I would actually recommend if you really want to dork out on it, use different ones because they're all running. They have different pictures at different times. So it'll show you, you know, you might put it this way. And sometimes some lakes, when you look it up on, say, like Google Maps, it's frozen. And other times it's not. So they don't change it by what your season is. That's just how it is. So you're going to gain, by looking at different maps, you're going to get different information. But I basically just said, just scour those maps. You're looking for swampy areas. And if you want to, if you're worried about the dry water, like you don't want to pick a spot like this looks really good, but there might not be water in it. Say a little walk-in WM, WMA, WPA. What you can do is just stick to lakes and rivers. So look for little back channels in a river or bays in a lake that look really ducky, little, real swampy. And then you can kind of, from there, so, okay, here's this lake. Oh, this bay looks really good for the wind direction that we're going to have while we're up there. I'm going to try to get there. Just get there really early and just plan to be at your hunting spot set up before the sun comes up. And you're, it's a little better than just throwing a dart on the map. Like you, like, oh, this should work. And you get there and set up. And maybe your first day isn't that great, but a lot of times it can be. I've had really good hunts doing that, and I've had really shitty hunts doing that. And then, But with that, then you have the rest of the day Saturday to go scout for Sunday if you're up there for two days. So that was basically, that was a longer version of what I typed out. I just said, if you can, look at satellite maps, find a spot that looks really good, be there as the sun comes up. Boom. Left a comment. See how easy it is, people? You, you didn't have to jump down their throat. You didn't have to call them lazy pieces of shit. People are restrained by the time that they have. Some people just literally don't have the time to scout. There's no need to be a dick bag. Just give them some, give them a tip, give them some information, help them out, move on. If you don't have anything positive to add to the conversation, I know this is really tough and it's not what society does today. But you can take it upon yourself to start doing this. If you don't have anything positive to say, zip the lip. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. That's what I was taught growing up. And it rings true, especially with the internet.
wouldn't it be a wonderful place, the internet, if we could all do that more? Because it is generally a shit show, and they prove that time and time again. So there's your rant. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to go out and um, go ahead and check out the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. Oh, by the way, um, if you're consuming this right away today, um, I'm going to be guest hosting on the SmackDown Outdoors podcast Tuesday, August 17th. Uh, Doug's got a guy that just came back from an African hunting safari, so we're going to talk about that. I'm super jacked up about that. Um, I hunt vicariously in Africa through anybody that goes over there. I follow it. Uh, I know enough from reading. I'm This guy's definitely going to know more than me because he's done it, but I feel like I can hold a pretty good conversation with it. I'm really looking forward to it. So he'll be going live on Facebook and uh, YouTube, I believe, as well. So follow SmackDown Outdoors and check me out there tonight. Otherwise, if you miss it, because who knows when you're going to actually listen to this, um, obviously you can go to SmackDown Outdoors podcast and listen to that episode at your leisure. Uh, So, yeah. And then Lone Angler Podcast, you guys, if you like fishing content, he doesn't do any hunting content, he just fishes. But if you like fishing content, go check out the Lone Angler Podcast. You're going to love it. He's a super cool dude. It's kind of weird, but I like him that way. So it's it's a lot of fun. I really dig his podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, follow, whatever platform you're on, right here for the Full Skeletors Podcast. Um Rate and review it, please. I appreciate it. And send me some messages. You don't have to necessarily have a question, but you can. I will answer it. You can just share a successful hunting story or a fishing pick or whatever. What I would really, really, really like is stuff for this, this recap. I, like, more of the rant part. Like, I need things to research. I want, give me something where I can give an opinion on, and that'll help keep driving this thing and send anybody you think might want to be a guest on this show or you think I should go out and get, please give me guest suggestions. That's one of the hard parts about this is like reaching out to people and and finding new and different people to get on the podcast. So I can, you can help us out there too. I greatly appreciate it. And with that, I will leave you this. Go out, be safe, have fun. Uh, Game fair this weekend. Have a great time. Hunting is right around the corner. Fishing is ongoing. Go out and do all those things because whatever your passion, 